Welcome to this podcast series, recorded with love as a tribute to Mr. R. Nelson Nash. In this six-part series, you'll hear from Justin Kraft, Jim Oliver, and Joe Pantosi. They are agency owner advisors who are privileged to know and learn from Mr. Nash at a professional as well as a personal level. We trust you will gain insight into the man who changed the face of the life insurance landscape in America for tens and perhaps hundreds of thousands of people who searched for and found freedom from the bondage of financial slavery through the diligent use of the infinite banking concept. Nelson's discovery, perfected and shared with all of us over the past 25 plus years. Nelson taught us that you cannot create, multiply and pass down real significant wealth unless you first unravel the mysteries of the commercial banking system in America. Then apply the truth in your own family, business, and legacy. This podcast series is not a course on money, but a tribute to the discoverer and refiner of that course, offered with respect and admiration. Welcome back. This is Jim Oliver, and I'm with two great co-hosts today, furthering our discussions about R. Nelson Nash, our mentor. I'm with Justin Kraft and Joe Pantozzi. Welcome, guys. Good morning. Good to be back with you, Jim. Good morning. So we're going to dive in because this is one of the ways to get to know Nelson, in my opinion, is to read his book because I believe that he just lays out his heart and soul in this book. And there is no better source for learning about infinite banking than Becoming Your Own Banker by R. Nelson Nash. Agreed? Totally. All right. So, Justin, when you think of that book, what's the first thing that comes to your mind? Oh, wow. When I think of Nelson's book, so many things come to mind. But really, the first thing for me is taking action. Yeah. When I go through the book, what Nelson encourages us to do is to take action, to change to change directions and where we're going financially and, and how that will impact us, you know, just from a peace of mind standpoint, how it impacts our family, how it's going to build more confidence, how it opens up more doors by giving us control. So for me, the, the two words that come to mind is taking action. Awesome. I love that. You know, a lot of times we have fear of the future for our finances and building our wealth. And Justin, you hit in the last episode on something where in the traditional way of doing financial planning is you and I sit together, if you're the client, Justin, and you make some guesses, I make some guesses, and then we hope together, right? Hope is not a financial strategy. Hope is not a strategy for anything. Action is a strategy. Education is a strategy. And we have to do it ourselves. And this book will educate you. Joe, go ahead. So the part that I really lean on, because I'm a conceptual person, not an analytical person, the part that I lean on is the part where Nelson talks about the human problems. And I, I, love, I love language. I love words. I love looking behind the word at the real meaning of the word. And, you know, we, all three of us and, and many others have been studying economics since Nelson brought it to the, to the forefront. And it says, if you look it up, that Economics is the study or the science, I'm sorry, it's the science of human behavior as it relates to the accrual, to the protection, and to the distribution of scarce resources. Now, 
we probably even disagree with that definition because we don't believe that resources are scarce. We have an abundance mentality, right? But the thing that I focus on in the book and what I need to focus on with my clients is, is realizing that my clients are just a bundle of human factors, right? The clients are really not so interested in what the rate of return of a thing is. They're not so interested in a commodity or a fund or an insurance policy or a financial plan. You know what? The clients, our clients really need to overcome the human factors and they need to take control of their decision-making process so that they can arrive at the freedom that, that Nelson has, has cleared the way for us to understand because IBC, when it's practiced correctly, leads to freedom and generational freedom. So that's where I go. When I think of Nelson's book, I think how he led me to think about the human factors and to be, and to be open and sensitive to what people's specific issues are because people want help. They want permission. They want coaching to help them get through the human factors. And if they can get control of the human factors and understand what they are, then the rest of IBC becomes way easier to, to practice. You know, one of the things I love about what you just said, Joe, is meeting people where they are, right? That's what we, we, we all three are men of faith. And so we know that that's what God does is meet people where they are. That's what we try to do. We try to emulate that when we're meeting with our clients. We meet them where they are. If they have a lot of debt, if they have high income, low income, if they don't have any debt, if they want to build wealth, wherever they are, we meet them there and then we help them and bring them along the path. It's what Nelson did. Nelson did that with all three of us is he met us where we were and he had patience with us, even though our paradigm and our thinking was traditional he knew, and I remember him saying, because we have this experience in that traditional way of building wealth, it would take us longer to get this. And young people and people that have no experience with money, they get it much faster because it makes sense, but we've been programmed the wrong program. To change a program is harder than just to write a program. And exactly what you said is the human factors teach us to meet people where they are. And that's the purpose of that book. But you also brought up something else that I think is amazing is you brought up that you are more conceptual, more feeling, more visual. And the book handles that point of view and that personality, but also then takes care of the analytical. I mean, it's just so balanced and showing the philosophy and everything else, and then going through the numbers. And if I could say one thing, when I look at the book, the thing that jumps out to me that Nelson taught me, and he teaches us on page 14 of the book, imagination. I never thought imagination was a key to building wealth. I really didn't. I thought it was facts and past performance and rate of returns and, and all of this stuff, but it was imagination. It is imagination. And when I look at this book, that's one of the first things that jumps out to me is imagination. And, you know, obviously Nelson and another genius thought the same thing because Albert Einstein said, imagination is more important than knowledge. Because if you can't see it, then you can't get it, right? If you can't believe it, then you're not going to attain it. 
And so Nelson starts right off and says, hey, you have to, and he says, the beginning of page 14 says, the infinite banking concept is an exercise in imagination, reason, logic, and prophecy. Now, to me, what that says is, if you're analytical, we're going to have logic and reason for you. If you're visual, we've got you covered too. But let's go, right? And so it's really, really amazing. What is one section of the book that if you could only share one section of the book with someone, what would it be? Joe? Well, uh, like I said a minute ago, the human factors are impossible to ignore. And when I first started looking at those, I figured that, well, Nelson just pulled out some of the many, many, many human factors that there are. But really, when it comes to managing your finances and comes to leading your family and creating wealth that you can enjoy and then creating generational wealth, I mean, these human factors are, are repeated themes. I mean, the, the arrival syndrome, people thinking that they already, they already have all the understanding and they have all the tools that they already need to achieve wealth, they, if they already think that they've arrived, then they haven't. Right. And in teaching us about control, right? Those who, who those control the, the gold make the rules, right? Absolutely. Uh, so the section of the book is the human factors to me is the foundation. And, you know, Nelson said, if, if you know what's happening, you'll know what to do. Well, in order to know what's happening, first of all, your eyes have to be open. And then you have to think, right? He said, he said the, the bonus rule that Nelson gave us, rule number five that he added later in his career, later in his IBC career, is rethink your thinking. So you have to have your eyes open, but you have to be able to interpret and understand what you're seeing. I mean, you could, you could watch, you could walk into a bank five days a week, but if you don't know what's going on behind the scenes, if you don't know how banks make money, you're not going to understand how we can make money as individual bankers. So that section of the book is, is the foundation. And then, and then getting into the, the IBC sister and the CD sister on page 45 was, was a great follow-up because first he opens our eyes and then he gives us a lesson once we're prepared to receive the lesson. Absolutely. Justin, same question. Man. Well, Joe, that's, that was an awesome segue because, uh, you know, for me, what I see is – in changing our thinking, here's one thing Nelson always challenged me with. He said, Justin, we have to think like business owners in regards to our money. He said, but so many people don't. For example, you'd never put up all the money. You'd never pay somebody to manage that, that business. You know, uh, If you were starting a business, you'd have to put up all the money. You would pay somebody to manage the business. You would see how successful it was. And then down the road, find out what percentage owner you were. No one would ever do that in a business, but we're doing that with our money, Jim. People are putting up dollars. They're paying someone to manage it, hoping that it goes up. And then they have no idea how the taxes are going to impact them 20, 30 years down the road. So Nelson taught me basically in page 15, how to begin to think like a business owner when it comes to my money. And, and I got to tell you, I don't know if you guys felt this way. And I wish I could say I got it right away, but it took a few years before I really understood the importance of the grocery store analogy. Yeah. 
you know, one of Nelson's five rules of banking is don't steal the peas. And that goes back to page 15 and 16 of -hmm. understanding how to think like a business owner and build a profitable business. And Nelson always said, you need to be in two businesses, do whatever you do and do it well and be in the banking business. And if you do it right, and if you invest in yourself and study it and understand it, over time, the banking business will be more profitable than anything that you do. And to Joe's point, he really, really solidifies that on page 45, which candidly to me is one of my favorite pages in the book. For you guys that are listening, I challenge you to really get out, dig into page 45 in Nelson's book, Becoming Your Own Banker, because the example he uses is a CD sister and an infinite banking sister, and it's two different ways of thinking. One sister decides to be a customer of the bank. The other sister decides to make an investment, invest time, invest money in her own ownership, and she decides to become an owner. So they're both doing whatever they do, trying to do it well, but they both created two systems. One is a customer of a traditional bank, and one is an owner of a banking system. And if you look at the difference, it is drastic. Jim, not to give it all away, but there's over a $700,000 difference in retirement with the same dollars invested, with the same dollars spent, with the same withdrawals coming out, just by thinking like an owner versus an investor. And I think that's what Nelson is really teaching us how to do, understanding how we think as humans, the human factors, and then moving in how to really think about our money like business owners so that we can apply those same principles for ourselves. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I, and I think that page 45 is a pivotal page. And I, I agree with both of you guys that page 45 is something that you absolutely have to understand and also the human factors, because you have to understand what you're fighting against. We're fighting against human nature and these human factors. And you guys said a lot there. And when I think about it, you know, that first we have to think and then we have to act, right? We have to think and then we have to take action. And that's what this book teaches you is here's what you're feeling, why you're feeling it. And you have to be able to think differently. Now, let me show you what you're going to get if you'll act. Again, action cures fear. That's the only thing that cures fear. And so Nelson's saying, I know you're probably afraid of changing completely the way you look at this, but now let me show you what's going to happen. And he uses the uh, CD sister and the IBC sister. And then he, and then he goes into the equipment financing example, which was pivotal for me when I first started learning about this, because my paradigm was wrong. I was looking at actual numbers, but that equipment financing example got me over that hump. And I never really ever built an equipment financing example for myself, even though in the beginning I thought I needed it because I don't need it now, right? And we always like to say, and I've heard Joe say this, I've heard Justin say that, if you understand the concepts, the details are relevant. If you don't understand the concepts, the details are irrelevant. So you have to understand what we're doing. So, you know, one thing, thinking about those two examples, and I want to talk about what is the most misunderstood part of the book. And I'm going to kick this answer off of my answer of what is the most overlooked or misunderstood. And I think on page 44, the addendum. Okay, now, how many people really even maybe even read it? 
But what he does is, I love the second paragraph. If I were in the life insurance business, I would never suggest that a client do it this way. I would recommend policy loans to buy cars, right? So I get sometimes this objection. It's not very often, but they look at page 45 and they say $5,000 a year for seven years, blah, 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 blah. That's not a very, you know, $10,000 for a car. These interest rates are high. Dividends were different back then. And Nelson puts all of that to bed in three quarters of a page, <laughs> right? He says, he puts it all to bed. But sometimes I'm guilty of this when I'm reading the book. I see something that says addendum or review and I don't read it. But if you don't read this on page 44, you're missing out. Joe, what is another area of the book that is either misunderstood or if you don't read it, you're missing out? Wow. I'll have to figure out where, where he addresses this, but I think it's throughout the book where Nelson is telling us, once you get this foundation, which, once you get this understanding, once you open your eyes, once you start to think, and once you start to put reality in front of you, you're going to come to the realization that the majority is not doing things this way. And you are going to be in the minority, and that's exactly where you want to be. So, Anytime you find the majority doing anything, no matter what it is, you need to run the other way because the majority has never been right about anything. I love and that. I have to bring this out because I don't know if we have this as, as, as one of our bullet points or one of our topics is that think it of the totality of what Nelson took on. I mean, Nelson created an entire industry when he wrote his book and, and literally he was practicing banking and teaching private banking before 2001, but he was doing it without a book, without a workbook, without an operating manual, which was amazing that he could accomplish that without a, um, a manual. But Nelson took on the entire financial industry, banking, insurance, investments. He took all those 600 pound gorillas on. And I mean, he, he literally took on you know, the third most popular talk show host in America, who's a, who's a financial guru, whose name shall not be mentioned. And Nelson brought us truths that literally contradict a gentleman who is, you know, kind of denigrating our method. He's denigrating the use of permanent cash value life insurance, which has been around for 240, 250 years. And, and Nelson literally created a new industry and he did it fearlessly. He said, you know what? If the truth is the truth, then I'm going to stand on this hill and I'm going to blow this trumpet. And if nobody else listens, if nobody else follows behind me, I'm still going to blow the trumpet because this is the truth. And fortunately, a lot of people have followed him and literally followed the culture and, and are going to continue to build the culture after Nelson's lead. So it's a matter of you know, looking out for the danger signal, which is, well, everybody else is doing it. If everybody else is putting money in 401k, I guess I should too. That, that seems to be the, the, most, the most intelligent thing I could do. No, just because the majority is doing it, it doesn't mean it's the most intelligent thing you could do. It just means it's popular. Yeah, you know, I always call that, if you can imagine, if you can visualize that we're driving up to a movie theater and there's two movies playing. You have a reassuring lie and the inconvenient truth. Now, not Al Gore's inconvenient truth about climate change, just 
an inconvenient truth. And the line at the reassuring lie movie is long. And there's parents with their kids because we're teaching our kids the wrong things about money. But it goes back to what you just said, Joe. Well, everybody else is doing it. So I know it doesn't feel quite right. Like this is the answer. But if everybody else is doing it and we're wrong, then we'll all go down together. Right. And to have the courage to go stand in that line of the inconvenient truth and say, oh, my gosh, this is the inconvenient truth. What do I do with it? And how do I learn? And how do I take responsibility is really a key to Nelson's book. Because, you know, to me, you look at the book, he's, he's taking you and trying to take you on a journey. And it's, it's not written like a lot of books are, of how great Nelson Nash is, doesn't even mention that, right? He, he's the guy. You're the hero of your life. Nelson is just trying to guide you and teach you. And, and those financial entertainers that Joe mentioned, that's what they are. They're entertainers. They're telling you what you want to hear. They're not telling you the truth. Nelson is telling you the truth. And it's whether you believe it or not doesn't change the fact that it's the truth. Justin, how about you? What part of the book stands out as something that's overlooked or misunderstood? Yeah, I think that's an awesome question, Jim. And before I get to that, I just wanted to piggyback on something you and Joe were saying. When you think about Nelson, one of the things for your listeners out there that never had a chance to hear him, to meet him, Nelson was a teacher. There was never an opportunity, there was never a time when I was with Nelson where he was not trying to teach me, where he was not investing in me. And I think if you read Nelson's book, you will see that passion come out. You'll, you'll really get a taste of who he was as a person, not only financially, but just talking about you and your family and, and your spiritual walk as Nelson was extremely spiritual and strong in his faith. He was always teaching. And I think there's a great lesson for all of us to learn there as we read his book and keeping that in our mindset. If you're reading Nelson's book, think about just your grandfather, you know, sitting by a fire trying to teach you his experiences, because that's what Nelson was doing for us. And he did it candidly up until the day he passed away and graduated, as he calls it. So I think, I think that's a strong point that I wanted to make. Absolutely. That's awesome, Justin. Thanks for sharing that. That's a great observation, and I'm glad you pointed that out. Yeah, man. You know, as far as what uh, really jumps out at me that I think is misunderstood, for me, Jim, it really begins on page 21, but the conclusion of it uh, and the picture that Nelson drew is on page 26. Nelson teaches us that becoming your own banker is not about a life insurance product. And I think people miss that sometimes as a consumer. And I was guilty of it early on myself. So do not feel bad. We're trying to find, hey, where's this great policy out there that we can get? And guys, the policy is just a piece of it. It's all about your actions. It's what you do with your system. It's your education. It is truly a process. And and people ask me all the time today, I have nine policies. They said, Justin, why do you have nine policies? Why don't you have one? And Nelson taught me that this is a process. And over time, as you grow in this process, you're going to need a place to warehouse your capital, to warehouse your wealth. And it takes a system of policies. Just like if you owned a bank, it takes a system of branches. 
because I've never heard anyone that, that owned a bank say, we've got too much money in the bank. Whereas individuals, we've got to think like business owners and understand that this is not about a policy. This is about a process. And I think that really gets missed and overlooked. And I want, I really want everybody out there listening to this to understand this is a way of life. It is a change of thinking. And you're now thinking like a business owner. And it is the process that is going to build wealth for you. That's awesome. And that's a great reminder, Justin, because I think people do sometimes they have a paradigm about life insurance and people that have money, they have a positive paradigm about life insurance because they have a lot to protect. And sometimes people, as we're coming up and we don't have a lot of money, we think of life insurance only as one benefit and that's death benefit. But there's so many other things, but we get focused on that product instead of the process and our behavior. And Nelson taught us not to do that. In fact, you know, one of my favorite things to watch, and this happened almost, I would say, uh, I don't know how many seminars I've watched, by the way, but almost half or more than half, somebody would ask him a question. Well, you know, Nelson, can I get a higher rate of return in another vehicle, a money pool? or something like that. I remember this one guy, he did it too. So I'm going to use this guy's name, only his first name. He said, Brian, have you read my book? (laughs) And Brian said, well, yes, I have read your book. And he said, how many times have you read my book? So I want to end this episode with, by the way, Nelson, sorry if you uh, are up there thinking I butchered your accent, but I'm only doing it out of admiration because I love the way that Nelson would talk and I, and I loved his accent and I just, I always loved, cause I saw, I, you knew it was coming, right? When somebody did that, he had the same, he probably would, Justin, like you said, he might've taken a sip of coffee and then said that, right? Yeah. Because he was never caught off guard in that seminar ever. But do you guys remember anything in a, in a seminar? Have you, I mean, have you guys seen him do that? Have you read my book? Almost every time, almost every time. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. So as we wrap up kind of our episode on the book, if you want one of these books, and I'm going to throw this out there as we will, as a group, give you a book. You can go to any of the websites that we mentioned the first episode, and we're going to mention them again, because I think it's so important that you read this book. And you could go to createtailwind.com or Joe, you can go to alphaomegawealth.com or Justin, you can go to nowlandwm.com. And here's the thing. When I give this book out, I just ask one thing, read it. If you're not going to read it, don't take it. Okay. But if you promise to read it, I promise and I make a commitment and all three of us will do this. We'll do a book review with you. And we'll go through it because you won't understand everything the first time. And as we wrap up this episode, I just want to thank you guys for sharing your knowledge and your expertise in this book and becoming your own banker and how important it is to our clients and everyone out there to get this message. So thank you, Joe. Thank you, Justin. Until next time, remember, all of this is available. The third episode is going to be available. Just hit play. Thank you for your kind attention to our tribute to Mr. Nash. 
We could have simply kept going, probably made this a 20-part series based on all the good that Nelson did for us, our families, our clients, and our communities. We trust you will take time to look into the subject of Nelson's career, the infinite banking concept. Go to our websites, check our recommended reading, test the principles that we teach against your most precious values, and you'll find they will resonate. We wish you all success and family wealth in all its forms.